0: The views expressed on The Pickleball Show are not necessarily those of the USAPA.
1: The Pickleball Show is the official podcast of the USAPA, dedicated to growing the sport of pickleball around the country. Show your support and become a USAPA member today. Visit USAPA.org. From Bainbridge Island to the Villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. time out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show.
0: Hello, my name's Wayne great pickleball lover, and here's the host of The
1: Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Wayne, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. My name is Chris Allen, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today and also thank everyone who has been sharing the links to the show via social media and telling uh, other folks who play in your local club about the pickleball show we really really do appreciate your support all right let's see whose paddles are in the fence today co-host from third shot sports up in Collingwood, ontario canada mark Rennison. hey mark hey chris and uh, all the way across north america to yakima washington he burst on the scene at nationals this year and you're going to be hearing and seeing a lot more from him it's tyson mcguffin hey tyson chris and mark how are you guys hey thanks for having me in yeah man I'm, i'm glad you made time for us you teach tennis in yakima is that correct
0: Correct. Yeah, I teach tennis for a living. I've been here for about four and a half years. Um, little town. I mean, there's probably like 90,000 people here. Pickleball really is, uh, isn't too big here. Still kind of in the making.
1: Well, you did a great, great job at Nationals. Was this your first Nationals, this one that was just a few weeks ago?
0: Yeah, so first Nationals. I kind of came on the scene uh, beginning of 2016. Started playing some tournaments around the PNW mid-winter, early spring and then just fell in love with it, man. Met a bunch of good people. Uh, you know, met Brian Ashworth Curtis Campbell uh you know all the Seattle guys Chris Mills and those guys you know kind of pointed me like in the right direction told me what to do
1: tell us what they told you to do give us uh give us some of the secret sauce that they gave you
0: well well so everybody knows Chris Miller correct yeah yeah and and everybody knows how how hot he gets on the court
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. So,
0: so, so kind, of, uh, kind of funny. So my first tournament I played, it was called the Cascade Cougar Classic. You know, it's indoors on a gym floor. There's only six courts and 150 players, so it was like an all-day deal. I ended up playing Chris in this tournament, and at that time I was using – I had no idea about pickleball, right? I was using this little rinky-dink paddle. Uh, I didn't even know what it was but one of the first things that Chris said was he says what in the hell are you doing with that paddle <laughs> and 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 what's kind of funny was that it was actually after I beat him with that paddle he said it yeah that's you, know, you know
2: what you know what? my uh, my grandfather used to say a true craftsman never blames his tools right so, you know, that's the real mark of someone who can who can play a sport is you give them you give them the worst piece of equipment around and they still find a way to use it oh, yeah yeah
0: yeah I, yeah I liked it you know um, but you yeah, you know, uh, Chris and Brian, you know, they just kind of helped me find doubles partners and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, showed me a few things on the on the doubles court.
1: What kind of advice did they give you specifically that uh, where the light bulbs went off? Do you remember anything?
0: Yeah, my my first two tournaments, I played all singles, right? And I had no idea how to play doubles whatsoever. Like when I first started playing um, at the YMCA with a bunch of you know older gentlemen here here in Yakima, there was one guy who was like a four or five, and so doubles was just not intriguing to me. So I just played singles, you know, and kind of. What, what hit home for me was that the the first time I played like in a doubles tournament, I was just overly aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to pull the trigger on every ball and be super aggressive and do a million different things. And I think, you know, whether it's Brian or Chris, I'm pretty sure it's Brian. Brian's game is, is obviously very boring. Uh, nothing really, nothing really takes place. He dinks and he dinks and he makes his opponent fall asleep. So basically just in a sense, he was telling me just to keep it simple, keep it boring, you know, not be a two ball, pull the trigger kind of guy.
1: Uh, yeah. They wear you down like the Borg on Star Trek, you know, they just keep coming back, coming back and you just can't, you can't rattle them. Right, well, that's, right. a,
0: that's
2: a pretty common experience for top tennis players who come in, right? Because they say, yeah, this paddle's so light, the ball's so light, the court's so small, I'm just going to drive the ball through the guy at the net, right? Which mm-hmm. yeah. which works up to a point, and then the guys can volley it back, and you think, oh, geez, this, uh,
0: this isn't going to work so well. No, of course. I can vouch for it. My, my first tournament playing doubles, I was
1: awful. Just playing doubles you were because you weren't used to having a partner? Uh, it, it was
0: just a mixture of uh, of yeah, me trying to do way too much on the court, uh, and then um, I guess not understanding actually how to dink, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, just it was just a mixture of being very uncomfortable and then being irritated uh, in the sense of um, I couldn't I could you know take the court over and be super aggressive because I couldn't freaking keep the ball on the court.
2: I'd say this is a pretty common experience for a lot of players, right? That are new to pickleball, right. the they they look at every ball as an opportunity to win the point, right? Correct. And and you eventually learn that no, no, not every time you touch the ball are, are you trying to win? Sometimes it's just a matter of like maintaining an advantage or sort of neutralizing your opponent until you get right. that that chance. So I think a lot of the listeners are gonna identify with that that situation.
1: Yeah, and that yeah, was enough course. I remember reading that in Jeff Shanks blog a while back. He he said beginners just want to get it over the net, intermediate players are always looking to hit winners and the top players, you know, the five O's and above, they are waiting for the right ball.
0: Definitely, you know, over time my doubles game's gotten gotten a little bit better. Um I definitely understand the whole foundation of constructing the point and trying to neutralize and move the ball around and stuff like that. So yeah, doubles is so much funner to me now, that's for sure.
1: What um, kind of stuff do you look for in a partner when it's time to choose a doubles partner? Just somebody that'll stand on the side of the court and let you play singles?
0: Uh, no, 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 no. I want to be the guy who is, is curled up in a cave on the side. Okay. And you know, I'm uh, I'm so new to the scene, so finding a partner was was fairly was definitely pretty tricky. Luckily, Chris and Brian, you know, kind of helped me get some partners and stuff like that. I met a guy named Matt Gobble he's uh, a guy out of Spokane. And we're actually going to play together all of 2017. So,
2: okay. so yeah, I, I was going to say, Tyson. I think after two silver medals at your first nationals, I don't think finding a doubles partner is going to be uh, much of a challenge anymore. Right. Yeah, right. But that was a
1: nail biter too. Uh, watched the the live feed of it the the singles match against you and and Marcin. man, that could have gone either way. A couple of balls here and there, and you you know it would have been gold.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Would have, should have, could have. But you know, to to Marcin's credit, I mean, the guy is a like what everybody call him, calls him, you know, he's the he's the Polish monster. So he's nearly impossible to pass. And as much as I want him to be a jerk, he's he's the nicest guy. Yeah, he's he's a great guy.
1: There was one point where you dove like head first for a ball, and I think uh, in the commentary, Brian Stob said he had never seen anybody commit that hard physically uh, to a ball. You remember that shot?
0: I do. Yeah, that that may have been a bad decision because I ripped half my fingernail off and and Ooh. had a blueberry on the side of my on my right side uh, that was like the size of watermelon but no yeah I just you know I thought I could get to it you know and obviously I tend to slide a lot on the court I'm kind of a crazy man I'm pumping my fists and screaming and yelling so so at that given moment it seemed like a good idea and fortunately worked out to my advantage so
2: I was calling that match with Brian and there must have been half a dozen points at least where Brian Staub just sat back and put his hands on his heads and said I can't believe that just happened but speaking of that match with Marcin I mean in a way you guys are a little bit like like polar opposites, right? He's sort of slow, not during the point, but between points, he's very slow moving, very methodical. You know, he takes his time out there. You only on occasion see him really sort of show his emotions, right? Right. He's he's very sort of like icy out there. And in a way, you're sort of like the polar opposite of that, right? We've, We've put up some video clips of you you know, and it's not, it's not even a huge point. Maybe it feels huge. It's a gold medal match and whatever, but like the level of intensity and the amount of emotion that's out there. Can you say something about sort of how you think that that helps you? Does
0: it hurt you? And it's something you're battling? Like growing up, I was actually a big wrestler. So, so my dad was like a hard nosed wrestling coach. Uh, my, my oldest brother, Jay, um, he's a, he's a head wrestling coach at a, at a high school in Seattle. He he was an All-American at Boise State. And, and anyhow, I just grew up in a huge wrestling family. I have five older brothers, two older sisters. So um, that fiery, wild mentality comes from just grinding it out like in the wrestling room when i was five years old up until i was a senior in high school i almost i almost wrestled in college so growing up as a wrestler growing up in a um in just a big family getting beat on you know with my brothers and stuff like that and and like the whole individual aspect of wrestling you know you're out there for for six minutes it's two three minute periods and you're all by yourself that whole like philosophy uh, has carried with me, you know, in my tennis, in my pickleball, and life, and all that good stuff. But yes, I'm definitely very emotional. There, there is very few times where I'm throwing my paddle or, or or any of that. If I do throw my paddle, the first person I say sorry to is Robin Mike Barnes at at Selkirk Sports.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the per- the next two people, because I think it happened once, and. Uh, And right away, I mean, I could see almost like before it landed, you thought, God, I really shouldn't have done that. And right away apologized to both the referee and to Marson, right? And I thought that was like a super classy move. I think everyone understands, you know, the point, especially like, the real competitive players, they understand that point where you're sort of at the breaking point. And you got to let it out. But I thought yeah. that was um, that was really classy. Chris Miller, I think I'd put in that same category. You know, maybe you guys should play doubles together. Um, <laughs> same thing where, where sometimes when when he realizes he does go over the over the line, that yeah. he's the first one to apologize and, and yeah. own up to
1: it. Yeah. yeah. It helps, too. Um, it helps when you throw paddles, if you've got a, an actual paddle company that's supplying you with an unlimited supply of paddles. When you have to actually, you know, <laughs> correct. To, you know Pickleball Central them, yeah, you, yeah, you tend to, to hold your, your, bottle your emotions up a little bit more. Well, let's do right. this, guys. Let's talk some more in a uh, future episode. If you would uh, join us and come back, we'd love to ask you some more questions just about how you made the, the big leap from tennis to pickleball and the adjustments you'd recommend to everyone else. Sound good?
0: Sounds good. Thanks,
2: Tyson.
1: Mark Rennison, ThirdShotSports.com. That's where you need to go to sign up for Mark's mailing list. Get on that and find out everything Mark is up to. ThirdShotSports.com with Mark Rennison. Mark, we'll talk to you soon also.
2: Hey, thanks, Chris. It was fun.
1: So what are your thoughts about what we discussed today? We'd love to hear from you. Email us anytime. Mail at PickleballShow.com. That's Mail at PickleballShow.com. Dot com. That's where you can find us on the internet, too. Pickleballshow.com. We're on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash Pickleballshow. Uh, twitter.com slash, wait for it, Pickleballshow. <laughs> we make it easy for you. And we'd love to hear from you anytime on any of those places. Also, head over to iTunes if you get a chance. Hit the subscribe button, which means you'll never miss an episode. Plus, if you feel it's appropriate... Leave us a five-star review, which helps boost us up in the rankings, makes it a lot easier for other pickleball players to find this show. I'm Chris Allen. This is The Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low.